Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I'm not lying to you. I have probably the best episode I've done so far since I released this, this um, the Zika Hell show. I didn't pay him to say that, ladies and gentlemen. There was no Venmo transaction. <laughs> well, under the table a little bit, but we'll keep that between yeah, ourselves. We'll keep that between right? us, yeah. And I have transformation specialist, Sam Led. And let me tell you something. You know when you meet someone and their energy just speaks to you? This is this guy right here. I think he, you commented on my Instagram, I believe, right? Or post something I've commented a lot, actually, because it, it just resonates with me. And, you know, you and I are busy, thankfully, knock on wood. We got stuff going on. I would love to just create a loaf and look at Instagram, but everything resonates with me. So, so what was the comment yeah, that really resonated with you? So I can remember to use it again. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up because I don't remember, but <laughs> I remember I reached out to him because I looked at the work that he does and I'm like, I have to have this dude on my podcast. I mean, his energy is a different level, but it's not just his energy. It's his unique perspective. See, Sam, he authors the book Fearless and he hosts the Fearless Now. And I'm not going to lie. I haven't read his book yet. It hasn't come out yet. Fear- so. <laughs> well, it's coming out. If I have read it and I have superpowers. So the fearless, the um, the fearless now, you guys gotta go subscribe to this podcast. Let me tell you something. This podcast is different level. It's my Sunday morning turmeric tea listen. This guy, it's I think you reached what fifteen hundred downloads. Um, yeah, I mean, now? I'm doing no marketing besides what I do on Insta, which you know is very limited. It's about fifteen hundred, a little bit more, and. I'm just excited and, and humbled that 1,500 people want to download it. It's and this show's growing. And I know it's going to keep growing because his perspective is just different. And if everyone, go and subscribe to his podcast. So you're going to absolutely love it. And the guests that he bring on are also so authentic and knowledgeable about mental health. And I like the, how his, he shared his struggle with ADHD and he was diagnosed, I don't know how, when it was with ADHD. And he brings that into his podcast and into his training. And Sam is just at a whole different level. And you guys are really going to benefit from this episode, especially as it's getting colder outside. We're going to spend more time inside, less vitamin D. We know that mental health issues and suicide actually gets worse around this time of year. And that's why I'm bringing on Sam Led, and I'm going to bring on other experts in the future as well. So this is going to be a good episode for you. So without further ado... Well, that's the best introduction I've ever had. Wait, I'm not even done yet. Let me introduce, if you don't mind me saying, my friend, my colleague, my inner peace Uber driver, (laughs) Sam Led. Thank you. Thank you. Take it away, big guy. And I love your, I love your podcast. It's because it's also authentic and it's so needed now, especially we're still in a pandemic. People want to understand how the body works, how the mind works, how they can put better fuel in the tank, how they can just operate more, more efficiently, not just like a mechanical level, but on a, on a, on a, a mental level, on an emotional level. And you do all that in your podcast, in your work. Sorry. I'm elevating your ego a little more. (laughs) Oh, no, I appreciate it. Because you know what? (laughs) At the end of the day, that's what's important. A lot of times we say, oh, let me just starve myself and lose some weight. But that doesn't work. And if we're talking about being healthy, you have to take the holistic approach. And that's why even though this is a weight management show, I bring on doctors. Like my last interview, well, by the time this comes out, it'll be a month month later. But we talked about dental health and the importance and headaches and those things and breathing. Those all play a part. We talk about mental health. 
those things are important. And that's why this interview with Sam is going to be awesome. Because one last thing I'm going to say before I start to get into questions. See, Sam, he helps his clients. And I love this. To see that they are more powerful, more powerful than their fears, anxieties, or bad habits. And this is why this guy is awesome. Because in everybody's essential nature is well-being. We just don't pay attention to it enough because the brain sometimes gets in the way. And, and we exactly. have this inner intelligence within us that is constantly guiding us. And that's a, that's a truth. That's not even like my perspective or, or science have, has actually looked at this when it comes to consciousness. Science has, it's, you can, you can, it's, it's different semantics. It's, it's, it's um, spoken in, in, in different semantics. If you go to like the Lancet or these other medical journals or psychology journals, but the truth that all the sages have been pointing to, Buddha, Jesus, seeing your favorite prophet, all of our, our greatest intellects have all been pointing to this. And it's a new revolutionary way of understanding how mind works, how it really works, not what they're telling us it works. So, sorry, that was the thesis. That was the abstract the summary. That is perfect. And that's the perfect segue. So now this floor is all yours. No, Tell no, you asked yourself. the question. I want to hear a question because your question is, is brilliant. Is, is, I've, I've watched you in, in, we're doing this unconventionally and conventional. I've watched you in, in, on your YouTube and also on your podcast. I love your question. So it's, it's your podcast and I don't want to be impulsive and take it over like that. So that's so my I'm question. I'm going to stop being nice, guys, and tell Sam to shut up. Yes. Tell us about yourself. Yes. Tell us about who you are. Yes. Tell us about your journey. Uh, my name is Sam Lett. I'm a transformation coach, uh, soon to be author of the book Fearless and uh, podcaster of The Fearless Now. And I've been a coach for almost 16 years, a bit more, but it's taken on different forms. It wasn't be, I wasn't called coach. I wouldn't even call myself a coach because I don't have a whistle on, my, on the sidelines screaming at, the, at my players, my clients, although a whistle would help sometimes, um, but it'd be too loud, cause too much of a ruckus. Uh, I'm more of a shepherd, a guide. Um, I'm kind of the, the conduit between where my clients are stuck in their heads, 100% of the time, caught up, anxious, fearful, grieving, whatever, pick your favorite negative emotion or negative uh, or, or low mood or default low mood state. And I help my clients back. I help them, I guide them back to their, their essential nature their default state, which is well-being, which is love, which is within all of us. We don't pay attention to it enough. And the reason is, is we have this very sophisticated supercomputer called our brain that wants to control everything. It's, it's a bit, you want to talk about a control freak. That's the brain. Innocently, it wants to keep you safe. But it's, we're dealing with some very old equipment it really hasn't had a software update since you know the Paleolithic era, and an emergency activation system that doesn't know the difference between me being nervous and anxious going on your podcast and you know my prep time and um, being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. It can't differentiate that. And, and our reptilian brain, you know, our limbic system that that keeps us alive, that fight or flight system, hasn't really adapted to modern times. We think it is. And that's why PTSD and anxiety disorders um, and all these other kind of um, uh, uh, disorders have popped up. And of course, we've created them. We've placed labels on them. And, and a lot of it is kind of a manifestation of how we've evolved that we have a brain that hasn't caught up. And when we see the game the brain's playing, it's wonderful. It's scary at the same time. And, and when I have a client coming into the office or in my own experience, because I speak from my own experience with my ADHD, with my anxiety, and the ADHD and the anxiety is not Sam. Our thoughts, our thinking is not us. And we see that all the time. We point to it all the time. We're in a walking meditation all the time. But ladies and gentlemen, we all like a good drama. We all like a good soap opera and the brain creates these soap operas. You know, our brain creates the problem. 
and solves a problem at the same time. If you could walk around your street or at your office, walk or just walking around and, you, and everything was neutral. There was nothing, there was no chatty Cathy going on, no narrative playing in the background, no judgment, no criticism, no compartmentalizing, no analyzing, all the stuff that the brain does, you would see that feel good feeling that I'm pointing to all the time. That, that flow state, that, that sense of presence that Eckhart Tolle calls the power of now. It's within all of us. And when I saw that in myself, having struggled as a kid with learning issues and ADHD and anxiety and seeing what my strengths were really strong, writing and communication. And you know, I loved history and just the creative stuff, but I was really terrible in the other stuff. And I couldn't understand why my, my deficiencies were so deficient and my strengths were so big. Part of it was that I was looking at it from the wrong perspective. I was looking at it backwards because not only was, was I you know, having to see the world as a neurodiverse person versus a neurotypical person, and, and, and there's the argument that like, what is really neurodiverse, right? You know, we all, you know, we all are in different, they're all different neuro tribes running around, right? So it took me a long time to really see that. And when I was diagnosed with ADHD, it was really confusing for me. You know, when I was in my early twenties, it was misdiagnosed and I excelled in college. I did great in grad school. It took me longer to take tests and, you know, I would, I would get lost going to class half the time after I'd been there 10 times. But what didn't make sense to me is that if I was, had this, di this static diagnosis, how did it make sense if I'm not ADHD all the time? Like sometimes I go, I, I go throughout the day or th even the week with not any, not any symptoms, so-called symptoms. So when I saw that ADHD is a thought program that, that's moving through me. And when I was able to kind of take a step back and I, Growing up, I was an anxious kid. I had friends, but I was just anxious. You know, my, my engine was running a little hotter. I, I was able to kind of differentiate that and see, like, that's not me. That's just the energy of thought moving through me. That, that my outside circumstances, when I really got stuck, when I was really having challenges, you know, with learning and stuff growing up, that once that settled, once I was able to kind of see the forest from the trees, decades later, now understanding how the mind really works, that our outside circumstances have nothing to do with our state of mind, uh, our, you know, our emotional state, or, or why we are in our situation, that, that we are not living in a world of our outside circumstances, we're living in a world of thought. And for me, that was so powerful because we all think these thoughts are real and it's, we all, we all take the bait, including myself. You know, we're all, we're all having this human experience, this, 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 this uh, psychology that we are living through. You know, we're, we are not really living most of our, our days in, in, this, in the present moment. We're living in our thinking. Mm -hmm. So I got really, really curious about that. Really, um, I fell in love with, with, with really, picking apart thought for what it is and understanding how like thought has nothing on me. Right. Like, right. No. And that's powerful, Sam. Um, that's powerful because I posted something on my Instagram um, a week ago, I think. And it says that how we respond to a situation literally has the power to change a situation. And I want you to piggyback on this. And if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me, which by the way, I'm never wrong, but never, never, never of course. Um, but I've, I've talked to a lot of people and it's in today's society who, who wear anxiety and ADHD or even OCD as a tag, mm -hmm. even though they haven't been diagnosed, but it's just common to say, oh, I'm just OCD. Oh, I'm just ADD. Oh, I'm just this, I'm just that, right? And when I I've worked with people, not even the clients, but just people that are around me. And I said, why do you think that? Because of this, I can't, I, I have to look at my phone all the time. I have to do that. I said, well, let's try these things and we'll work through different things. And 
address the thought, what's going on? Why do you feel that way? And about a week or two later, they're like, wow, I don't feel the need to be on my phone all the time. I don't feel this. I said, yeah, because you're not ADD. You're not, you're not OCD. Even if you're diagnosed, you're not these things. The way you respond to the situation literally can change the situation. So that's, I want your thought on that. How you feel about people who wear it as a tag, especially those who have not been diagnosed. It's very easy to fall into that, into that um, stigma. You know, we, we are, uh, our brain's a sponge. Our brain's one big hard drive. It's a machine. It's not, it's not our, our conscious self. It's not our spiritual self. So, you know, when our brain picks up on things, and it, it looks at patterns and, and our brain is conditioned over time. Now, through, through life, you know, when we're little kids, it's, it's when our brain is, is the real freshest, when we are the present the most, right? You don't see little kids calling each other, um, having a OCD moment, right? I have a niece and nephew and they do, do silly things all the time. They'll have a temper tantrum. Yeah, I'll call them, they're having a psychotic, they're not having a psychotic moment throwing stuff because they return back to baseline to their essential nature and forget it ever happened. And we do that too, but because we have thing called memory, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, we log it in, in our hard drive innocently, right? When people see that as, oh, I'm OCD, it's because innocently they're misunderstanding how the equipment works. We have this brilliant machine. We have this brilliant technology that is called thought and thinking. And the brain is the, the greatest translator. It's, it's the translator, uh, um, the conduit or, the, or the, the bridge between the world of the physical, the form, and the world of the formless, what's going on inside. But the brain doesn't understand the world of the inside. It's, it's, it becomes Google Translate. Have you ever spoken to someone from a foreign country and you're trying to impress them? You, know, you, you, know, you pull up Google Translate and you try to talk to them in their native language and it comes out completely scrambled and they're like, that doesn't, what does that mean? It's like, no, it's, that's the Swedish. I'm speaking Swedish, you know? That's exactly what the brain does sometimes. And when we see that the brain does glitch and the brain does the best job it can to, to interpret the outside world. And it's going to mess up because it doesn't know the difference again between a saber-toothed tiger and a ham sandwich that we're looking at that, oh my God, it might have E. coli in it, right? It can't differentiate it. And when we can see that, we can also make peace with all these labels. And we get conditioned to put these labels on very innocently. And when I saw that for myself, and I was seeing it and then seeing that we have this salad bar thought. It's like going to Vegas. And I, I love going to a Vegas hotel like Bellagio. And I don't, I don't even gamble because I'd get lost in the floor. I get lost in the casino floor somewhere and end up in like, who knows, um, end up in Circus Circus down the street. Um, and so there's this buffet of thought that we can choose from. Now, when we go to the buffet, like I'm a vegetarian, so, I'm not going to eat 25 pieces of broccoli because I'd probably get sick and turn green. I don't know what happened. And if you like meat, you're not going to eat 10 pieces of, of steak, right? Because you, you'll end up getting sick and throwing up. And you're not going to eat 10 pieces of cake because you're going to a diabetic coma. No, I'm just kidding. You're going to, it's too much sugar and you get sick. We have that same kind of choice with thought. And especially with, a, with someone like myself who can be impulsive sometimes and can be, you know, I can interrupt people and I can be, sometimes anxious and overstimulated because my brain, and there's nothing wrong with my brain, just like every other ADHD brain, although we're told that there's something wrong. You need to fix this. You need to manage this. You need to take medication for this. You need to treat this. And we're conditioned to hear that oh, you know, through, through our lives. I heard the same thing and that didn't make any sense to me because what am I treating what's not broken? If I was the only person that had ADHD, I said, there's something wrong with me. I'm the alien on the planet. <laughs> I just came down to, I'm the ADHD alien coming down to see y'all. Well, there's hundreds of millions of ADHDers out there. So it's a neurotype. It's not, it's, there's not, there's not a dysfunction. It's, it's, 
if, if all our brains do the same thing and there's hundred million, hundreds of millions of us doing that, then how is it broken? How is it that we need to fix it or, or manage it or treat it? Now, medication is great because it's like a software update. Because mm -hmm. the brain is like your Apple, your iOS operating system. It's like your smartphone or your whatever phone you use or your MacBook Pro. So, so medication, you know, is, is a great, it's, it's like training wheels. You know, you don't need to take it all the time, for, especially for ADHD. And there's nothing wrong with that. But once we see like th there's nothing wrong with our brain at all, that our brain just works differently than people with a neurotypical brain. And even I have a problem with neurotypical because it's kind of a Venn diagram and no brain is really right. no, so typical. typical. So I was able to see that for myself. And then I started seeing cracks in the system. And I love, you know, doctors are amazing. There's some amazing doctors out there, amazing therapists, right? I, my father's a doctor, you know, they're well-meaning and they, they, you know, they, they, they do the good work, but they've also been conditioned backwards. They see, you know, especially therapy, therapists, they're looking at the problems instead of looking at the strengths. How can we, how can we improve and, and, and make a, a client's strengths more powerful? How can we harness that more? How can we point to that more versus fixing something that if you think about it, whether it's behavior, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, we're doing exactly what the brain's doing, right? We're putting things in, we're compartmentalizing things and we're pulling, pushing and pulling levers to change the behavior. And that's a lot of work. We don't need to do any of that. We, we can point to our well-being. We can point to that by looking at our thinking and being the conscious observer of our thinking and seeing that we have this thing, this space, this liminal space, this sweet spot called presence, mm. flow state, quiet, that's within all of us. That's who we are. We make our greatest decisions in life. We fall in love. We become, you know, a brilliant health coach and, and weight loss coach, and 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 we do all these successful things when we're not in our heads. We don't make all the, the important decisions in our brain. The brain's great for modulating organ systems, but that's about it. So Sam's gonna have to uh, stop complimenting me, people, because you know I don't take compliments very well. But thank you very much. <laughs> You're doing a good no, job. So, I try, I try. Yeah, you know, I, um, one the first episode I did that was connected to mental health was with Christina Sepian, and um, that was a very good interview because we talked about inner chatter, and that's where you basically broke that down a lot. So thank you very much because mm -hmm. we talked about inner chatter and we talked about inner energy and how to mm -hmm. focus our energy. We are not our thoughts but we can change our thoughts. And go ahead, Sam. I didn't mean to interrupt you because you can't. You can't change your thoughts. You can try to change your thoughts. You can't stop thought. And I didn't mean to, to correct you. Anyone that says they can, whether it's through any kind of behavioral modification, bless their heart, you know, they're, they're, they're trained that way. It may work temporarily. I mean, I've, I've done CBT, I've done, um, you know, EMDR for trauma. I've done all this stuff. Uh, and again, I'm speaking from my own experience. L ladies and gentlemen, don't listen to my words. Tr you know, do your own research. Do, you know, find out for yourself. So that's my disclaimer, by the way. So it worked for maybe like a month, maybe less. But what happened? You revert. You, you can't stop thought and, and it came back. But what happened was, I realized that like, if I don't give thought energy, if, if I don't, thoughts, thought is thought is thought. The, it, it's, right. it's about as real as, um, it's about as real as nothing. I mean, it's, there's no, you can't touch thought. I mean, you don't have a pet named thought. It's not running around your house. It's, so it's energy moving through you. It has to move through you. If you try to stop, if you try to use behavioral techniques, try to push it down, use, you know, thought stopping, changing thought, changing behavior, you know, changing all this. It's just going to make it louder. 
if, with my anxiety, because I used to have lots of panic attacks driving on the freeway, especially down in, 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 on the 405 freeway. I mean, I can tell you that I've done all that and just made it louder. Maybe so there's some temporary relief, but it would all come back. And when I saw that, like, if I don't give thought, you know, if I don't uh, um, give meaning to the thought, you know, I, I, ha I myself can make that decision whether a thought coming through my head, I'm going to give life to or not, right? Uh, I just was in a, um, interesting, I was just in an ADHD seminar, very straight ahead traditional therapist. And she was talking about CBT and therapy and, and everyone in, is an ADHD or has got issues, you know, the prefrontal cortex and their executive function is not working right. And, and the, the brain is not producing enough dopamine and all this stuff. And I'm like, huh. But right now I'm not ADHD, Dr. So-and-so. I'm really calm and focused and just listening and enjoying. Right. So how is that? If these things are not working, does that mean, is it all the time? And if it's not all the time, can I just see my, can I just, if it's just thought and the brain's producing thought, if I don't give life to it, if I don't create meaning around something, then it doesn't take on life. You don't have to do anything and you don't have to beat yourself up if you do, because there's still nothing wrong. Go ahead. You said something that's absolutely powerful and I, I agree with it 100%. And it's about giving energy to it. Because you're right. I think I used the wrong, the wrong turn of phrase. Sorry, no, I didn't mean to, you know, make you. Get no, that's me. perfect. That's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you're here in this oh, show. So that's perfect. Thank you. That, that's awesome. So thank you very much. Because I like you. Yes, but, no, no worries. You I want you to invite me on energy. again. Mm -hmm. oh, 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 definitely. And by the way, I have to be on your show too, because I want to connect that with weight management. We're going to make this, we're going to make this puppy happen. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's giving energy to it. And oftentimes when my colleagues come to me and they're stressed out about something, right? And they're like, I'm mad about this. I'm mad about that. And this and that and that and that and that. And, you know, I listen to them and then we start to talk. And as I'm talking, we, I start to uncover why are they mad? And, and, and then they don't realize it. But without saying it, I start to address why they're mad. And by the end of the conversation, they're laughing. Exactly. <laughs> you just, you just... It, Everything you just said right there is what I'm pointing to. That that our essential default state is well-being. 100%. What happens is very innocently, we have this brain, it's like mommy, it's it's like a helicopter parent, the brain, trying to always protect us, always interfering. But we have glimpses where the brain, the, the inner chatter is calm or calmer, where we're without the talk, without the soap opera going on, without the Netflix movie playing in the background. And it's okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you forget sometimes like we all do, we're all, we're all human. We're all having this, psycho, you know, this human psychological experience. But when we drop out of that experience into the present moment, that's when we're really who we are. And we find that when in those you know, beautiful moments in life, when we're you know, having a quiet moment with our, with our partner, our lover, or when we're watching a loved one in, on stage and you're so proud of them and you start crying and it, it's these are tears of joy or do you're just looking at your niece and nephew and in awe like my I, my niece and nephew they're just they're amazing i'm like i'm looking i'm like oh my god you weren't here a couple years ago and now you're like this amazing human like or watching a california sunset or or mm -hmm. making a breakthrough with a client and i'm having this dialogue with a client and we're two hours into conversation, we were only supposed to be 45 minutes, like you and I talking kind of, and time just sped up or slowed down. And we didn't know where it went. That's, mm. that's what I'm pointing to. And you don't need to do anything to do it because we drop into that state all day long. We just don't pay attention to it enough because who, everybody loves Johnny drama. Everybody loves the soap opera. That's why as the world turns, it's been on for 50 years. <laughs> the same characters, they just get older. It's the same thing with our brain. But you can, ladies and gentlemen, walk out of that Netflix movie. You can. There is free will in that. But our conditioning says otherwise. Wow. That's, that, that's strong. 
man. I mean, you're you're definitely you're definitely right because a lot of it comes down to how we're just conditioned and what we're taught to to think of. You know, and like you said, we often think of okay, something's wrong with me. You know, we 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 Google ourselves to death trying to figure out have these things. Like you talked earlier, <laughs> right. you, you said we you Google your Google, right? And Google, I do that it's Google Palooza. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, we all get a ticket. But you mentioned earlier when you talk about ADHD, you mentioned like three things. And I'm like, based on what you just said, I probably have ADHD. <laughs> like you can squirrels. Find... <laughs> squirrels. <laughs> right. Can, exactly. I, can I give you an example of 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 kind of and this is the crash course? Um without taking a course. Okay. You know, our moods fluctuate during the day. You wait, might wake up in a, I mean, I'm not a morning person. Yeah. I need, I need my, <laughs> I need my caffeine and take my vitamins and drink my um, gut support that I told you about uh, pre-interview. I, um, what was I going to say? I see CC mood is it does fluctuate. I just had a, I just forgot what I was going to say. I found it again. Mood fluctuates all day long. And, and, when we're in our office and we're overwhelmed and scared or because our boss just is giving us an evaluation and we think they're going to fire us because our brain is future fantasy thinking, right? Because the brain needs to do that. It needs to, it thinks that it's a, the brain thinks it's a fortune teller. It's, mm -hmm. See, the brain does all these things like a helicopter parent to protect, protect and serve, like a cop, protect and serve, the good ones. Sorry, that's bad. But the good cops, protect and serve, the real ones that are, you know, the neighborhood cops that you grew up with, that you knew, that you loved. Um, it does that innocently. It doesn't know anything different. We're dealing with old equipment. So what I'm, what I'm getting to, let me get to my point. So in myself, when I notice that I'm wrapped around the axle of a low mood, low mood being I'm anxious, I'm tired, I'm in a bad mood. Someone caught me off on the freeway and I honked at them and I just gave them their finger, you know, human shit. Um, I know at that point, my check engine light is on and I know that I'm off center at that moment. Anxiety and all that stuff, it doesn't feel good because we feel our thinking, we think it's real. But for myself, when I see that, like the greatest liberation for me when I'm anxious and I'm forgetting who I am is that um, I'm no, I see then, oh, wait, I get curious. I'm like, what's really going on here? Is it like, is there an urgency right now? Is there like, do I need it? be this way? Is it okay to be in a bad mood? Is it okay to feel anxious? Of course. Society has kind of pushed the, the notion that we should be scared of our anxiety. You know, if you ever watch commercials on, you know, on, um, on TV, you know, for generalized anxiety disorder, I watch those to get anxious. Um, we are scared of our experience. We're scared of our anxiety. But what I see and what a lot, of, a lot of coaches like myself that share the principles, this, this understanding, this inside out understanding, is that, that you know, when we're anxious and we're overwhelmed, it means absolutely nothing. You're, you can have that experience. There's nothing wrong with that experience. It's part of the human experience. You did nothing wrong. However, when you're caught up around the axle, the content of your thinking is full of baloney. It's not to be believed. It's not to take on. It's not to like internalize, right? Right. I mean, I, I was so, so when, when I saw that for myself, not just in my training or not just, you know, what I'm learning with this work, which is ongoing because it's a lifelong process. I was able to then put it into action, not with strategies and modalities, just getting curious, like really, really getting curious. Like I'm, I'm like, um, you know, um, I'm Sherlock Holmes, the, the, the Sam anxiety um, detective, right? I'm like, hmm, how could this be true? That, okay, I'm anxious and my brain is telling me there's something wrong. I need to do something about it. I need to make a change. I need to, you better do this, Sam. You're going to get fired. You better do this, Sam, or, you know, fill in the blanks. If the, the brain does a lot of if-then statements. It loves if-then. If this, then that. That's all it does. Think, feel, think, feel. The brain is stupid. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's brilliant and it's stupid. It's brilliant because it keeps you alive. It's doing a million things at once. It can come up with an answer in a split second, half a zillion to the second. And that's great. But it makes a lot of mistakes along the way. And, and when we see that, like, I don't have to take it on. 
I can still feel really uncomfortable and anxious. I was anxious today. I was anxious before this program. It wasn't because of, of, of your program. My brain was telling me it was because you're about, you know, Sam, don't mess this up. You know, they're all counting. They're not all on everybody in his audience. They're all counting on you not to mess up. Right. And once I really saw the game, the brain was playing. I was like, okay, I can play a game too. It's called no, no, not that thought, not that thought, not that thought. Nice. I'll forget though. Like we all do. I'll get angry. I'll, you know, that's part of being human. And that's okay too. Part of this, ladies and gentlemen, is having compassion for yourself when you do forget who you are and you do slip up and you do react and you do have road rage and you, as long as you don't hurt somebody, God forbid, and, and you overreact to your partner. And, and as long as you don't hurt anybody, there's no excuse for that. There's consequences for actions. Doesn't let, let, doesn't let people off the hook. The more I did that, Nerado, the less my ADHD became a problem. I still slip up a lot. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get, you know, sometimes I can't catch it. Sometimes it's just impulsive. I'm just impulsive. Now, people that have ADHD that, you know, they're in jail because of their impulsivity. A lot of, I would say 60% of the population is ADHD. 100%, more even more. Uh, There are consequences for action, ladies and gentlemen, but it's also psychologically innocent because everybody right now in this moment has a level of thinking on board that they know to be true. And there's nothing wrong with that. The brain's going to judge everything. And when people commit crimes and I look, you know, I've, I have clients, I've, I've worked with clients in, in, in jail and they, and they would say to me, Sam, you know, if I had maybe like just an inkling of what you speak about and knew about with thought and thinking, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. Imagine and how powerful that would be. That would be. And you know what? We, we, we can, a lot of times characterize people as, oh, they did this, they're bad. Right. Or, you know, whatever, but maybe they're not bad. You know, we have to think about what's led someone to do what they do. And there are a lot of underlying things that we're, we don't have access to and we just don't know about. And I want to piggyback on what you're talking about too. And because a lot of my audience are um, office workers. Mm. And I want to talk about that for a moment because sure. I've had <clears throat> people who come to me and they say they get feedback from their manager mm. and they just get upset they don't like it and they're like i don't like it i don't agree with it blah blah blah. they don't even know if the manager is wrong or right they just immediately are defensive because they just don't like feedback which a lot of people are like that that's quite common but then as i talk and i thought to make them laugh and stuff and you know then i'll try asking questions you know and i was like so ask you something the feedback the manager gave you are you gonna get fired and they're like no like, okay, you're not going to get fired. That's all right, cool. <laughs> I said, um, are you uh, really even, even getting written up a lot of times? Just no. I'm like, can you learn from it? They're like, yeah. I said, okay, well, so just, just think about it that way, right? Mm. Think about the fact that, you know, you can learn from it. You know, we laugh and joke about it. And you know what? The next time an asshole sends you an email, you don't like it. Let's walk away, laugh about it, come back, learn from it, and, and improve from it. And just try to think of it that way. And you're like, man, I didn't even think about that, right? You know, it's, we are, we, like you said, our brain creates that drama. We get in that state immediately of, I got to defend myself. This is wrong. And your mind, we love that melodrama, but we can step off from that melodrama, turn off That's that right. Netflix, or you know what? Go to the Chappelle show. There was something that makes it's you one of my favorite right? comedians. One of my favorite comedians of all time. Cause he kind of, about, talk, did you watch the last one? Did you see the last one? It's very controversial. One, yes. It was very, okay. I, I watched But he points one. to what I'm speaking of. Oh, he points to what I'm speaking of at the end. You have to watch it to the end. You know, whether you like him or not, whether he's your kind of, you know, if, whether you like his humor or not is irrelevant. Right. He's, and can I use profanity on here? Tell me yes or no. Cause I don't want to lay it out. Lay, lay it okay. out. One of the, one of the mentors, um, one of the, the gentleman who kind of saw, found the, the, who discovered this, the principles. Actually, let this, me stop you. Let me stop you. I'd rather you don't go. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So. What, what Chappelle was pointed to, so that's why I asked, so now I know. See, I, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's your podcast. No, no, of course not. Uh, what Chappelle was pointing to was the fact that we're all having this human experience. Mm-hmm. And he, at the end, I don't know if you saw it, he, he had this woman who was 
I think she was, um, was she uh, transgender, right? She was trans, she was, yeah. And then she ended up, she, she broke down. She ended up like, dying. Yeah. Let, yeah, she ended up committing suicide after the, but, but the most powerful part of that is he, she, she started breaking down and crying. Like, you know, she was, she really kicked butt. She was, you know, initially she really bombed on stage. She was, you know, she was a volunteer to, you know, she was a comic, but she made a lot, you know, whatever. She broke down in tears. And what did she say? After they were all kind of making, you know, making fun. She's like, and, and Chappelle's like, what's wrong? She's like, shut up, Chappelle. I'm having a human experience right now. Oh, that yeah. Was, that bad. took my breath away. And what was Chappelle said at the end was, hey, man, like, we're all human. Like, we all make, it's okay to make fun of each other. You're not going to implode. It's okay. As long, you know, that's the whole part. We're, we're making fun of our humanness. We're making right. fun of our humanness, our frailties. Whether you're black, white, green, purple, trans, transgender, you have three heads, whatever you are, we're all human. We're all the same. We're all one. Not to sound, you know, sanctimonious and, and pseudo spiritual. So when 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 we have a lot of thinking on board, when it comes to work, right? When it comes to evaluations, when our boss gives us an evaluation we don't necessarily agree with, what's the problem with being upset with it? As long as you don't take it to the next level, you can be upset with it. And then take a step back from it. Get curious about that thinking that's that 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 zeroed in, zoomed in thinking. The brain is, you know, the brain's like um a, a cinematographer. It's like zooming in close to what's the problem is too, it's too close They're like back off back off brain it's, it's too it's too close in you know when, when you can get some distance from it again there's nothing wrong with being upset because i'd probably be upset too but understanding that that the, your boss didn't you're upset because your brain is telling you that the brain needs to find that fall guy when when you're feeling upset remember the brain is trying to control you every single minute of your day and second of your day. And once you see like, okay, my brain wants to protect me. So it's going to blame the boss for me feeling this way. Right. It does. Again, the brain doesn't know the difference between a saber tooth tiger and, and, a, you know, a, a boss yelling at you traffic. Yeah. And they you know, uh, being late for your, your flight and missing your flight and having to pay a, a penalty. The brain doesn't know the difference. It's constantly going to fight or flight mode. It's constantly, remember, the brain is an on-off switch. It's an if-then program. Right. So have, instead, of, instead of the office worker getting mad at the fact that they were mad at their boss, get mad at the boss inside and see like oh you know what? let me have some compassion for myself right now let me uh, let me have some self-compassion for myself right now not not because of what happened because of i took the bait i innocently took the bait the brain fed me a bunch of nonsense mm -hmm. you know the if, if you didn't have a lot of thinking on board and conditioned thinking about a, a boss or someone in your life that you have difficulties with right whatever it whomever it is and it was all neutral. He'd give you an evaluation, good, bad, or indifferent. You're like, okay. And we'd have a, a wonderful, feel-good experience. The brain gets in a way and something else happens. And you know what? I'm going to say something about the Chappelle thing because uh, I think part of it that he said even made that more powerful for me because he actually, I stopped and said, hmm, because when he said to her, I love you, but I don't, I don't really understand what you're talking about. And then she said, you don't have to understand me. You just need to understand I'm having a human experience. That's right. It's exactly what he said. That I messed it up. I'm a big Chappelle fan. So for Love me, Chappelle. I can quote just by everything he does. And that I resonated. Well, you know, I'm the Chappelle expert here. Not yes. the weight management expert, the Chappelle I, I, expert. <laughs> yes, I, I, I love him though, because it's, it's, that's exactly what I'm pointing to. And once we'll be able to see how thought works, 
and see how the system works, we will judge people less. We'll have compassion for people more, mostly for ourselves when we forget who we are. Mm -hmm. Now, and the greatest example of this, my friend, is you know you go into a war-torn area, wherever it is around the world. You know there are you know, a family, a whole bunch of families are in this high-rise and it gets blown up by rockets. What happens? You can go to any news footage. You know it's terrible. There's, there's casualties, people dying. Okay. But within an hour or two later, there are kids playing soccer outside the, the destroyed building. There are families helping each other, right? Mm-hmm. There are, there are, life, life continues to move. Life is, we're living life, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if the brain is always right, if our thought and thinking is, is true, if, if how we feel is true all the time, if the example that you gave me with your, your client with dealing with a bad evaluation with the boss and how he felt at that moment was true, then how do you explain that this, in a war-torn area, families are, are, they see that inner resilience. They see that, that inner compassion. They see that like even in terrible times, there is still that glimmer of well-being, that glimmer of love, that glimmer of hope within them, within all of us. The, another example, there was, remember when that building in Miami, in, I think it was Surfside? Yeah. It, it collapsed like yeah. six months ago. A year, it was down south. Yeah, I don't know exactly where, but yeah. Yeah. There was a guy that was interviewed who escaped. And he said, you know, it was terrible what happened, you know, but I still see the beauty in my neighbors that survived. I see the beauty in the, the rescue workers. I see the beauty in, in life. And that you know we're going to get through this, and life goes on. Um, he wasn't talking from his thinking; he was talking from his heart. Right. And when we kind of see how things work, how the system works that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. it's like it gives you permission to 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 mess up sometimes, but it also is so liberating, dude. That's absolutely strong. And I, I definitely agree. And I realize that often with us, we lack the ability to step back and give ourselves compassion because we, most of us are just naturally reactionary. And that's what I've come to realize with my clients or even my friends and colleagues that are stressed and even in myself is being reactionary. I look at where I was two years ago and look at where I am now and mentally how I approach things. Because yes, I meditate. Yes, I, pra- I practice breathing. Yes, I read and I do things that is important for my mental, emotional and physical health. But there's a lot more to it mm. because what I'm really doing is addressing my thoughts, addressing, giving energy to the right things. Like you said, we can't change our thoughts but we can give energy to our thoughts. You're going to have the moment somebody's going to get on your nerves. You're going to have the moment where you, do, when you get upset and you don't like something else. But as you said, Sam, which I think is very important, is again, are you going to give energy to it? Because we, we tend to pick a lot of times the th- giving energy to things that really we don't need to give life to it. So well, most things, a lot of things. I mean, it, it, totally, for, for sure. And, exactly. And, I, and go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> and I love what you said there because you know one of the, the tenants, the tenants of the principles of this understanding that I share with my clients, and it'll be in my book because I want I the book Fearless is is about a traumatic experience, something that happened to me that kind of forced me to kind of really see how things work. Um and in in an evolution, you know, in my life as an evolution of things. And you know. You got to where you are today, my friend, and the reason why you are successful and the reason why you have this thriving practice and podcast and, and um, you know, all the stuff that you're doing is, is that you didn't will it to happen. Okay. I would say it, it, you got it started. You had moments where you stumbled, you forgot who you are. You got, you got scared, you know, the whole process, the schooling to get where you are 
to having this office, to having clients, to getting where you are. There were, there were stumbling blocks. And for you, you got the ball rolling, rolling, but you didn't like, and the reason why people are successful in this world is because they see what I'm pointing to. Mm -hmm. Every one of them, including yourself. You talk to people who uh, have so-called quote unquote made it. it. Watch them in interviews. You can see it. That's the secret. See, we think that we think that that we need to go to church every day or go to synagogue or go on a pilgrimage to Mecca or go to India to to you know find ourselves or or to find uh, Shangri-La or, or th that sense of like holy holy of holies. It's within all of us and we see it all day long, not in you know fireworks and 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 Fourth of July, it's not as big, you know, the divinity in God and, and what I'm pointing to is in the most boring moments, in the most mundane moments in life. And once we can, once we see we have agency over our thoughts, once we see we have agency over the tricks the brains are playing, trick, the trick the brain is playing, man, it opens up doors. It's just like, oh. Oh my gosh. Eckhart Tolle talks about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I want to share something with you. I'll first have a comment on something you said, and I want to share a personal story. Um, when we're talking about God, right? If someone, anyone who's listened to this podcast, who studies the Bible, they'll know that Paul said something that I'll never forget. And he said that you are our letter to the world. I'm paraphrasing a bit. But um, basically, he's saying that when, you, when people see you, they see God. Mm. When they see you, they see us, right? So it goes back to exactly what you're saying. It's, it's in you. Mm. We, have, we often, we go to church. Nothing wrong going to church. We, we, you know, we go to synagogue and we pray and we do these things. But if we're just looking for an outside force to come in, just take over, it's not going to happen. My grandparents used to always tell me, faith without works is dead. I'll never forget that. They told me that everything I was a child, whenever someone asked me, the reason why I'm successful is because of my grandmother, because she taught me these things. And people ask me, why are you where you are? I say, you know what? My grandmother taught me, if you're a ditch digger, you need to be the best ditch digger there is. Amen. And I apply that to everything. Now, this is my personal story. I hate criticism. I absolutely hate criticism. Me too. And it's something I've had to work on for a long time. Somebody agrees with me, we'll talk, we have a nice time. Me and Sam, we're best friends. You tell me something bad about myself, and I don't want to talk to you anymore. I <laughs> yeah. hate criticism. Right? But, and that's something I still work on. But the key to where I am, and I'm still learning, and I'm still growing, is now I'm to the point to where I take criticism in stride. For example, we're talking about mental health. If I say something incorrect and Sam corrects me, I take it, I listen to him, I know he is an expert in what he's talking about, and I learn from it. If I'm talking to Joe Schmo out in the street, and he's like, let me tell you about my life, Yo, dude, that, that's a whole different scenario, right? Yeah. Let me tell you what to do. No, no, that's a whole different, because I come across people who tell me, oh, if you want to lose weight, just do this and do that. I'm like, hey, that's nice. Let's come back to me when you lose 100 more pounds. But, you know, and even if people have lost a lot of weight, you know, they'll, they think that's the only way to do it. When they don't realize, I'm telling you, I've come across people who are diabetic, who have a, um, mental health issues, who come with this. It's not just about calories, who have other health issues that's preventing them. So I set out to say this is by taking criticism, taking it in stride and listening to people, it has helped me so much. By listening to Sam's podcast, I've decided to change the structure of my own podcast. No, I love your podcast. Dude. It is. Okay. Your stuff is off the chain. Well, not the structure as far as what I do, but how no, I'm going to approach what you do is going forward. What I'm going to do is um, have, especially next few months, mm. at least one topic addressing mental health, especially this time of year. Then I'm going to have about one or two guests, which are going to be health related. And I'm going to have a one solo show where I'm talking about something fitness related. So I'm doing a 360 degree every month. I love it. And I love that, that, 
you know, because mental health and, and physical health are, it's a Venn diagram, as you know. It's into what, you know, what, what I heard you, I love what you said about criticism. Let me, let me ask, and you, the audience can answer this too, but they're just listening. They can answer when they're driving their car or whatever. What is ego? Like, where does it come from? Like, that does it come from Santa Claus? Does it come from kombucha? I think maybe it comes from kombucha. I think if I drink kombucha, my ego is going to raise 10 points much. I mean, mm. if you drink enough, it probably happen. <laughs> yeah. It has a little bit of a kick to it, right? Because it has some alcohol. It's from. Well, no, this is the non-alcohol. I mean, it's it's trace. I mean, it's it's right. This is the, the darker bottle has it, but um, so so ego. It, it doesn't come from sugar and spice and everything nice. It's it's made up by what a brain that wants to keep you safe. Why? Mm. Because that's what a brain does. So right. criticism, and I'm the same way. And I forget, I slip up sometimes. I'm like, what did you say to me? No, 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 no. But that's human. It's okay. You're going you're gonna to make mistakes. Yeah, there's a great quote from Sid Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, look up Sid Banks. He was, he was a gentleman. Who had, he was a very ordinary man who had a um, spiritual experience. He was a, a welder in British Columbia with a ninth grade education. And he, tra- he changed the world psychiatrists, psychologists, neurologists, people like me that are coaches, people like you that, you know, are in health and, and fitness and diet and, and all that stuff. They dropped their licenses, they dropped their certifications and went into prisons, they went into their practices and they shared this understanding. And Eckhart Tolle talks about this, all the great sages have talked about this. And what he said is, be an ordinary Joe, be an ordinary person until you know better. Be an ordinary person until you know better. I am not better than, than you or, or anybody. And ego, there's nothing wrong with ego as long as you see it for what it is, which is nothing, that it's made up like a computer program, an algorithm in real time because we have a hard drive up here that's constantly spinning. It's picking memories from 1980. It's picking memories from 2010. It's putting those traumatic memories with the present. Remember what happened 10 years ago, Sam? Be scared. You need to protect yourself. So, so once you see the equipment that you're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen, that it's innocent, your brain loves you, you won't get caught up in the egoic pursuits so much. And once you see that the outside world is 100, has 100% no influence on anything in your life, and people are going to argue with that. And it's funny, the people that really are arguing about that where are they right now in their heads? They're intellectualizing what I'm saying. This isn't an intellectual statement. It's a spiritual statement. It's a spiritual truth. And I said this earlier in the podcast, we do all our best work. We write our, our best, we write our, our masterpiece, our book or paint our masterpiece, or fall in love with our soulmate, right? We find that job that, that finds us fortune. We, find, we move to the place we've always wanted to move to. Etc. 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 In that quiet space, as Michael Neal, one of my favorite coaches, calls that the space before thought, the space before thought. Sorry, that liminal space, that sweet spot, like the sweet spot in the tennis racket. And and Jesus pointed to that, Buddha pointed to that, Sid Banks pointed to that. Uh, the, uh, you name your favorite prophet, and you can. You can try this on precise, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're religious and spiritual, wonderful. Go to your favorite church. It doesn't have to be a busy day in, their, in, in a service or a synagogue or mosque, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And sit in the back. Just sit in the back. And just you don't have to do anything. And just listen to the hymns, the hymnals. Listen to the pastor talk or the, the priest talk or the rabbi talk or the imam, uh, imam talk, right? Mm-hmm. Just get quiet. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing to fix. Who you, everybody is right now underneath their thinking, underneath the noise is perfect. We're all the same. Now, in the physical world, yeah, there's men and women. Women are a little different than men. You know, women are better than us. But, you know, I think that's been demonstrated. And they're always right. <laughs> um, I, have a, a, I concur. Go ahead. I, totally. uh, <laughs> But once we see that we're perfect underneath our thinking, 
like I'll give, can I give you one little example, short story? Do we have time? We have sure. time. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. I had a client many years ago um, who was an alcoholic, very successful functioning alcoholic. The guy was worth tens of millions of dollars. I mean, he had the Patek Philippe watch. He had all the bling to show everybody. He was an older man now. He was probably like 70, overweight. His wife walked out on him after 40 something years of marriage, 50 years of marriage. And the, and the turning point, I guess, the, what, what broke the camel's back was he was so drunk one night that um, he was yelling at her and he fell through, he's tripped and he fell through a glass table. That was it for her. So he's 70 years old. He's estranged from his wife. His kids won't talk to him because they think that he was abusive to her. It's a terrible situation. And a friend, a friend, a colleague of mine asked me as a favor, which I didn't know what I was getting myself into, to go see him. To, to, it's a tough case. And at the time I, I was doing acupuncture and light therapy in conjunction with my coaching because it helps kind of move energy through and get people calm so we, we can get to the heart of the matter and, and I can help my clients with stuff that they're working on. And so I met with him and he wasn't very nice to me. He was very gruff. I think he was, he was I could smell the alcohol on him. His, his secretary was scared of him. The old school office was on a golf course, right? And I sit in, you know, he's, he, he didn't want to see me, but he's the one who agreed to the appointment. He probably forgot because he was drunk. He was definitely, a, he was, you know, he was a working alcoholic, you know, he could kind of hide it, but I could definitely see he was probably intoxicated. He's yelling at me. He's like, what are you doing here? I don't need any help. I'm fine. So I sit down, I put my, my, my laser down, my acupuncture equipment down. And I look on the other side of the office and there's a picture of his gorgeous golf course in Scotland. Gorgeous. And I don't, I, I don't like golf. Um, I don't have the attention span for it. And I'm looking at it. And I said, um, someone, you know, I said, um, I get fictitious name, uh, Mr. Smith. It's, you know, I have to keep anonymity purposes. Mr. Smith, tell me about that, that golf course. What, what, what do you get from, what, tell me about why that is on your wall. Why is it so important to you? And he looks at me like, I just like, I'm speaking like Swahili. Like he's totally like, what, you know? What did you say? Like, no one's ever asked him, really was interested in his life in a long time. Like, this guy was, this guy was a, a walking sad sack. He just provided for his family. He, you know, he had all the money in the world, but no one really was intimately involved in his life. He looks at me and he starts, like, to tear up a little bit. And this is like a man's man. This dude is like an alpha male, you know, old school. And he looks at me and he's wearing this you know, this beautiful, um, his shirts were all monogrammed, you know, he, he looked really fancy. The dude was, was, you know, really polished. And he said to me, and tears of fl were flowing down his, his cheeks at that point. He said, when I was on that course, I was closer to God. And I, that was the, you know, that, that was like my aha moment. I was in, I was in. Like I, that was the password to get into his world, right? Mm -hmm. And the walls came down. And I worked with him for six months. Um, I don't know what happened to him, um, but you know, before he would let anybody in, because he was caught up in some story that he was telling himself about himself. And that's what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. We're all close that to God because we have God within us. That's one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard. And mm -hmm. I think it's the perfect way to kind of wrap things up today because Sam and I have become best friends. And I think we could probably talk for like the rest Ten of the hours. night. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. This would be the longest podcast in the history. No, let's do a Joe Rogan podcast and just keep it going for hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a really good story. And Sam, uh, we're going to do some work together in the future. And uh, definitely I want to be on your show. Because we're gonna um, to connect, connect some weight management, um, um, talk about mental health and emotional and physical health as well. So that's gonna be great. Be and uh, hey, buddy, but the best thing I'm asking is tell my client, my audience, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, my website is uh, samledconsulting.com, where they can contact me. It has a good, good um, kind of 
abstract about the work I do. You can go to Sam Led Consulting on Instagram or um, Facebook, Sam Led Consulting, and uh, drop me a line. Love to hear from you. Perfect. Thank you very much. And I'm and of also course the Fearless make... Now. Sorry, the Fearless Now podcast. Because um, and yes. Go the subscribe to the Fearless Now podcast. Thank You're just you. getting a snippet of what Sam knows. So go subscribe to the Fearless Now podcast. Definitely. Oh, Please you. do. Appreciate Stop what you're doing. Go subscribe. Thank you. Um, I'm going to um, also put links to, um, or should I should say Sam's contact information in the show notes. Um, I think I'm going to do this one, uh, zukahealth.com slash Sam Just keep it at that. Awesome. So zukahealth.com slash Sam We're just going to do that. And um, also the show notes can be in the description of the podcast. So keep things easy. And I'm also going to take some of our videos and I'm going to put them up on YouTube as well, because the information you provide is things that we need. So thank you. I much, just, yeah, awesome. My pleasure. And I just want people to see the divinity with him. I just want people you know, to have what I, what I saw when I didn't think it was possible that all of you are just one thought away from mental well-being, from mental health. I'm paying attention to it. So perfect. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.